0: Hi everyone and welcome to PE Talks Africa, a podcast by the African Private Equity and Venture Capital Association. I am your host, Taja Castellani, Marketing and Communications Manager here at Afca, and I am here with Rui Oliveira, CEO of BFA Asset Management, which is Angola's premier fixed income investment manager and leading innovator in domestic capital markets with an unmatched breadth and depth of fixed income and private equity solutions. Hi Rui, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi Persia, I'm delighted to be here and thank you Avoca, for having me.
0: We are here today to discuss Angolan capital markets and the current state of private investment in the country, including challenges BFA and the industry have faced, as well as the tremendous growth of GDP per capita predicted for the next two years. So Rui, I'm going to jump straight in. What have been BFA's uh, driving forces in achieving eight funds, over 200 million US dollars AUM, and over 6,000 clients since 2016?
1: Sure. Thank you for that question, Persia. So this year marks our fifth anniversary since we first opened our doors to our clients. Um, we launched our first fund back in twenty seventeen, our fixed income fund, and I'm very grateful and humbled really by the success of the past years, and 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 definitely looking very confident about the what the future holds. You know, we've been able to build up uh, uh trust uh, within our clients, um, able to build up a solid business around that. Um, one where today we're essentially the largest um, fixed income mutual funds business in, in the country. So our clients trust us to um, be able to take care of them um, with their savings. Um, and that's and that's definitely humbling um, for us. Um, part of that success I owe it to, uh, at least two things you know one of them is the fact that we're part of a larger group so we're part of um, bfa banco fomento angola which is the second largest private bank in angola bfa in of itself as well is is a is, uh, innovative in the capital market space locally so it's been um a a sort of a, a mover first first mover um within within the industry so uh, just to give you an example so bfa is the first was one of the first um, trading members in the exchange. And today is the largest um, uh, government bond trading partner um, within within the country as well. So we're we're essentially, you know, we're bringing part of that DNA with us, um, but we've also been able to be ambidextrous. So we're looking, so we're not just um, taking part of what makes us, you know, these 20 plus years of history makes us great, And but we're also looking to, you know, new avenues. Um, and and the second thing that or the third thing that that I definitely owe it to the success is the fact that we're a young team, we're also very gen- we're gender balanced we're sixty percent um, women, in our in our office today, and um, and and we're young it's a, it's it's a young uh, driven company, um, and that you know obviously brings its challenges but but it, it definitely has this great upside and one of the things is the fact that we're. We're open to learn, you know, we're, we're looking to um, to to take risks and that and that in you know, in the space that we're in today, you know, in the investment management industry, um, you have to be able to take risks. So 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 we're quite we're quite happy to do this. Um, BFA Asset Management is today is this is the largest uh, fixed income mutual funds business um, in, in the country. And and we're definitely looking to be uh, you know to continue and uh, reinforce our position uh, as a, as a market leader. Um, we're now looking into the space of the alternative management. Um, so looking to um, private equity and venture capital solutions. Our team comes from a very well diversified background. I myself I come from a wealth management. Um, the other part of my team uh, we have people from credit, as well as commercial and investment banking backgrounds. And we remain strongly committed to delivering alpha to our clients, faithful to our talent-centric and organic growth business model uh, with a clear focus on product sophistication. So that is what drove us here and it will continue to drive us in the future as well.
0: Great. Um, I think we're going to be talking about your perseverance and success in more detail a little later. Uh, but for now, what changes have uh, BFA faced whilst emerging from the coronavirus pandemic?
1: So uh, you know we have to look at from a a context of the country as well. So Angola um, suffered greatly with um, the low prices of uh, oil. You know um, for those that don't know, Angola is, is the one of the largest oil producing countries in Africa, you know, throughout in mm. the whole continent. And, um, and also obviously, and that's one of, if not, well, that's the largest uh, contributor of our GDP. So um, with low prices of, you know, commodities, and specifically in oil, um, the country took a great hit economically, and that it you know, sort of spilled over to a lot of other industries. Um, uh, clients were very, you know, from a from a health perspective, uh, they were also very scared. Um, they were reluctant to even, you know, sort of uh, uh, leave their houses. And, um, and and just to put it, put it in context, um, you know, we haven't, you know, we're, we're still in the middle of automating um most of our services so a lot of our clients have to till this day um uh you know the, sort of walk into a bank branch in order to subscribe to our funds and that in of itself creates a difficulty in an environment where you know you have all of these um precautions and um and um and restrictions Um, so we, we had to find different and and innovative ways. There were, there are many times where, especially for higher net worth individuals, we had to literally, um, uh, take people and go to their, uh, you know, to these clients' houses and to make them sign papers to say, okay, you know, so sign a paper and, um, and, and, and make an order. Um, it sounds very sort of rudimentary, but that's, but that's the stage where, where we were. Um, and um, we're we're now really working on trying to automate um, our business, so, and and that's the story you see not just with us but really all across the industry. Um, so so I, I would say that that's the that was the biggest difficulty in terms of you know getting our products uh, products around and 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 making them visible, it was, it wasn't hard because we, our business is actually counter cyclical. So a lot of other industries were, you know, they, they were not performing so well, whereas our industry was really, uh, we actually outperformed, um, most industries, um, within the country. Um, and that's just because of the, um, uh, you know, the, the origins of where we where within, have been, you know, how we started, but also because of you know what the mix of our portfolio how it works and and the assets that we that we tend to invest on, which are you know um, um, mostly on um, longer term fixed income products.
0: It's actually a perfect transition onto uh, the next question because we had seen that overperformance uh, on something that you had sent over to us, so. At- As the market leader in asset management in Angola, what differentiates BFA from the other companies operating in the region? And not that you're going to want to uh, spill all your secrets, but what is one, one piece of advice that you would give to leadership teams of these companies who are struggling to achieve the results that you've seen?
1: So, you know, we're, we're we're a bit of a different beast when you look at the um, industry all across the region, and and the reason for that is most of the players, the asset managers, they they're in the business of PE, so private equity or venture capital, which is a space that we're very much interested in into getting into. That's that's going to be our next uh, next venture into. So we decided that we were going to take full advantage of what was already there in existence, which is the fixed income. So um, we realized that there was a a loop um, um, where sort of a, you know, a space where we could come in and and, and provide, um, upscale services to, to our clients, provide, um, upscale solutions, uh, and, 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 and that's, that was sort of the mindset, um, uh, you know, since, since day one. Um, so it's not just about trying to do things differently. Um, I would say the first thing is really understanding where you're standing on, um, because your context, uh, is everything. We could have literally started off with you know trying to launch private equity venture capital but reality is context matters so you know to if you were to look in 2016 in angola we you know we were just moving away from um uh so election time so um, the the um, for the first time we had our second presidency so um, president, sorry. And, and that in of itself was a big change. Um, reforms, there, there was a lot of economic reforms from that being awards. So um, that also played a huge role in terms of us deciding where should we position ourselves strategically. Um, yields were tremendously high. Um, uh, just to give you a uh, sense in, back in 2016, um sorry 20 yeah, from 2016 a one-year bond so it was yielding at 23% today is at 15 so so that's that's a huge huge difference right and 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 we realized that that was you know that was definitely a place where we could we could um provide access um i guess the other thing that really helped us was understanding that uh, retail investors which is a large portion and still today, there's still a large portion of our investors, they didn't have access to um, the debt markets. Um, So they had to do it through a a bank. And it's just, usually it was just, it was tremendously expensive to do so. So we were able to chop off and really provide um, um, access to these clients, to these investors. So for example, our uh, cheapest funds that we that we have are they can cost you at around a thousand a thousand bucks, um, and and we just launched our ETF for the first time, for example, and and that is costing the client less than ten bucks. So mm-hmm. so we're we're really we're really forcing um, the market to understand that it's important to democratize access to capital markets. So that's that's our goal, and that's what we've been really successful and really good at doing things, and 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 that's where we're going for, you know, um, you know, to continue on, really, for the future.
0: So then, looking at everything, um, I guess through a wider lens, uh, do you expect to see a rise in investments in the country, and if so, um, why? And why should uh, investors look into Angola?
1: Uh yes, that's I mean certainly look. Uh, Angola is a peculiar place. There's um and, and if you could just look at the data. Um so there hasn't been any PE or VC investment. Um in Angola in, you know ever since this whole movement started, uh, within the region, so that makes both a scary place, which is understandable. Because the track record is just not there, but it also makes it a very interesting, if you you know if you're willing to 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 come and and and, and at least have a peek and see where you can take advantage, because it's all greenfield, and so that in of itself for us, uh, for the country, it presents a great and huge opportunity for investors. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is just how. Um, the entire global markets are are moving, right? We've seen interesting story played out all throughout the year, right? Um, So this is me just looking at uh, from 2021 till today. Um, It's, you know, markets have been super volatile uh, in the years, um, and and this is just due to growing political or geopolitical risk. And then other, there's other factors like monetary policy efforts uh, with the U.S. yield being the strongest, essentially. But um, but there's huge potentials and returns in a fixed income space, and there's also potential in local um, currencies, um, uh, African local currencies, and Angola is not any different. Our our local currency assets are um, they've been outperforming um, from a relative basis, but also um, comparing to other local currencies within within um, within the region. So that again in of itself presents a, a, also another opportunity. I guess the other play I would say um, that you know at least whenever we're speaking to investors it's, is to say, look, Angola is a country that is trying to um, put different sorts of reforms and those reforms are very directly to private sector. Um, try to enable the private sector, and that goes from all spectrums, whether from startups to all the way to small and medium enterprises. Um, uh, so the government is really trying to push for that, um, staying away from oil sector and oil and gas, and, and really trying to push other industries to to, to be um, uh, sort of the moving gear um, in growth of the country. So that also definitely should present um, an ideal sort of platform for any investors that are looking to do is looking to allocate capital into a different space within at least just looking at within southern africa
0: and what are the challenges that you have faced whilst investing in the country and how have you overcome them
1: um the the hardest thing is changing mentalities of uh, our clients. So um, a lot of it, you know, our clients are very short term. Um, uh, they have really short term vision in terms of their um, investment horizons. So um, you're lucky if you find you know clients that are looking for stuff that are you know that want to put their money to work for more than two years. Um, a lot of it is, you know, shorter terms than that. So, so that presents um, a a really difficult um, uh, place um, when you want to look at, you know, longer term investments. So, but but the flip side to that is, um, you know, fixed income, which is the largest asset base, um, capital markets asset base in Angola. Um, it's it, it, it's been has has shaped the shift a lot so um, currently you know uh, bonds are being listed um, in the rates and, and the yields are are actually better on the longer term so you'll find um, you know better yields on the, on the range of 20s 20 21 23 percent. Um, when you invest in seven-year, 10-year bonds. And whereas, like I said before, you know, if you were to look um, 10, year, uh, sorry, in 2017, 2016, you know, one-year bond was yielding at, you know, at that rate, was yielding at 23%. So that means clients now, they, you know, they sort of have no choice but to go into longer term um, products. So so that that is, a, there's a challenge there, but there's also definitely opportunities if if you're patient. Um, uh, The other challenge I would say is um, data. So there's a huge lack of data um, uh, in in the country. Um, So it's hard for you to sort of make um, evidence based decisions. Um, But uh, you know, you, you have to, a lot of it, you have to sort of talk to um, different players and get a really sense of what people are feeling. So market sentiment, it's not, you can't exactly in like in other mature countries where you get data and you, and you essentially have to um, uh, make sense of that data here is a little bit different. You have to make sense of what the market, the real market sentiment. So by talking to your clients, by talking to other market players and then try to make you know, and then try to come up with data. Um, so it, it works a little bit around, a little bit different from other places. Um, so that obviously presents a challenge if you're used to working the other way around. Um, but again, like I said, I think all of these challenges, they themselves also present as uh, as, as great opportunities for people like us, for investors like us, because we, you know, you, you, you can find companies that are trying to work in that space, and and you can and you can support the growth of those companies.
0: Ah, oh, that's interesting. If we were to look longer term, in terms of economic growth, which sectors in the region do you think we should be watching out for in the next five years?
1: Sure. Um, okay. So so maybe I'll start off by saying, um, on the negative side of things. So um, you know. Much of what I've been saying is there's huge opportunities on the horizon, but you gotta tread carefully. So um, FX risk, for example, is something that doesn't go away, and Angola definitely has that risk. You have all of it from entry risk to portfolio risk to transaction risk, and all of it. But and and currency liquidity and volatility is is, is a, definitely a significant barrier. Um, and difficulties that people will find and investors will find all of you know um, uh, all across industries and 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 definitely um, within the country as a whole um, now uh, what's really important is that um, you know moving forward um, I do feel that in in a place like Angola um, embracing a longer term and sustainable value creation really, Um, if you prioritize those to your um, how do you allocate your capital and your client's capital um, should present you with great opportunities. Um, What I mean by that is, you know, um, like I said before, there's reforms currently to move away from oil and gas and to go into data, to go into financial technology, to go into um, health, education. So... um, Positioning yourself into being a a, a good market player that understands those different industries and different markets within Angola, um, it, it should present great great opportunities um, for 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 local players and, and but also for international players that want to um, come in and invest in, in the country. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite optimistic of what should happen in the next five years. Um, Hopefully, we'll get to see, uh, finally, some private equity and venture capital activity. Um, There's there's a big movement um, in terms of building up the ecosystem today. Um, You have have from startups, but you also have incubators um, currently. You just need the other part of it, which is the investors, right? And you need the infrastructure. So I, I would say that five years down the road, um, you know, I'm hoping to see PE activity. I'm hoping to see VC activity. I'm hoping to see more investments going into infrastructure because, again, it, it's almost like building up a house, right? You always need to start off from infrastructure, so then you can move into um, whoever's going to consume, so consumption. So um, whether it's fast consuming grids or how to commercialize um, that, you know, your investments that you've done on the infrastructure, and then you move up. Uh, the next uh, station ladder so yeah I'm quite optimistic of the next five years
0: Uh, so let's see well that is great to hear and uh, we saw a chart recently showing that um, in the next two years the GDP per capita will almost double Um, so what do you think are the key contributing factors to this growth
1: um, you know, that's, uh, again, it's, it's, um, I, one, I think the biggest, probably the, the biggest, or one of the biggest is the, the economic structural reforms that have been done in the past years. Um, we've gone through some pain, um, to get those reforms done, um, as a country. Uh, you, you know, there was, there was, you know, you have to get some fiscal discipline. So that's, that's also a second part of it. So you got the reforms from, from not just not just reforms in terms of taxes, but also reforms, you know, the big structural reforms from um, tourism, for example. You know, there used to be a time that almost everyone to come to Angola had to get a visa, and and if you didn't know anyone in Angola, you have to get a sort of a, you, have to, you know try to get in contact with the embassy. It was it was just hard to get into the country. So, um, uh, whereas today, you, you get a visa upon arrival. Um, and that and that is done relatively quickly. Um, so, definitely structural reforms, fiscal discipline is is, is also one. Um, Where the government has the government has done a great job into managing our um, uh, debt ratio levels. Um, there's been scary times as well, but, the, but 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 we managed to pull it through. Um, and and I'm and I'm guessing this the, the third would be. Um, which is essentially linked to all those two, is the big move into the private sector. So once you move away from just having one single sector to move the economy, which is oil and gas, and you, and you sort of do um, all your reforms into enhanced businesses, um, uh, private sector businesses, um, that you know in of itself, it creates more jobs. And if it creates more jobs, it, it just creates more wealth for people it creates more consumption. So um, that's, you know, to me, those are the three key things um, definitely that have been contributing.
0: On that note of um, oil and gas, um, and I think this is something that we touched on a little earlier, but in uh, an interview you had done with Avca, we spoke about the crash of the oil prices in 2015, which led to a significant decrease in Angola's GDP. And uh, we spoke about how it affected uh, investor confidence. Has BFA seen any changes in terms of investor interest in the current climate? Yes, I mean,
1: um, and, and that's, that's, the, um, that's the interesting part of the story which is you know Ang- Angola has were, were able to uh, was able to sort of um like i said have in place really difficult decisions we had to face those decisions and, and 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 quickly um and one of those was like i said the fiscal discipline um and you know investors they 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 could see through us they could understand that we you know um uh, we you know, part of the reason it wasn't just because the oil, the prices of oil was down, but it's because we just didn't have the right structures in place, um, and so the reforms were important. Um, they were, they were sort of a a big signal. Um, you know, we had we closed the deal with the IMF, um, with the World Bank, and mm-hmm. and that and that supported us all throughout as well, right? So. Um, i think today when we speak to investors um they 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 feel a lot more optimistic i mean we are just able um for those that don't know but angola we just uh, we launched our uh, another eurobond just the, was it last month yeah just last month um, and that and that was oversubscribed um and and and, and it was great it went it went as well um and, um, and so, so that in of itself should present, um, an idea that the markets and international investors are positive about, uh, how they feel about the country and our ability to, um, to sort of, um, uh, you know, take, 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 uh, take different, you know, and difficult, difficult paths and really, and, and make ch- structural changes. So, so I'm guessing the, the that was the long answer <laughs> to a short answer to tell you that I you know definitely there's a huge um, uh, 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 bigger and greater uh, positive confidence into uh, for the country.
0: No, there were a lot of um, interesting things in there, and I think it's great to kind of dive deep and um, understand what's really going on. And just going on to my next question, which might be a more more of a controversial question but i feel like i've been reading um a lot of articles recently um say in the africa report so in your opinion um has the president made angola more business friendly
1: yeah that's a that's, that's almost that's always a tricky question right because you don't know <laughs>
0: in your opinion <laughs>
1: um, yeah 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 sure um so so maybe i would say yeah i, 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 I would take my hat off from a asset management and just put it as me who is my opinion um look i I would say um the answer will be yes and the reason for that is just you know from again from a personal view um when i'm discussing with with investors um because that to me is the uh, sort of the uh, barometer for whether or not we're doing the right things right is when you're discussing with the um, asset allocators and you and you ask them look how, what do you think about the country and do you think it's a great place do you think you know do you want to take the risk and when the answer is yes um and and that has been the case um especially in the past uh two years uh, sorry in the past year especially in the past year um it, it it should give us a great sense of yeah we're doing the right things and and this president is definitely doing the right thing um that that doesn't necessarily means that there's not work to be done that the, you know there's definitely a lot of work to be done i feel personally that you know um i think this you know this government needs to really look into how capital markets can um support the growth can really um support the ambitions that the country has um uh, in terms of building up businesses um, and and creating wealth. Uh, so, uh, it if I were to do any sort of recommendation to this government, would be you know look more into the capital markets and try to find, you know, and 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 try to find all the structural reforms that you can put in place to allow uh, foreign investors to feel just really comfortable and confident to come into Angola. Um, that would be my sort of um, two cents on all of this it's just you know look more into capital markets and see what changes can be made so that so that we also become a you know, uh, a destination for for these investors
0: And I do have one final question for you um, sure. so you recently attended the AFCA annual conference and that's actually where, where we had met for the first time So what value did you gain from the conference? And was there anything there that surprised you during the panel discussions this year?
1: Oh, look, I, you know, this, this is a great question. As you were actually presenting the question to me, I was just thinking, and um, just remembering one situation where um, I think it was day one, and uh, and there was one discussion that was having, that were, was being held towards uh, uh, GPs, um, new GPs. So, um, uh, so essentially, uh, you know, uh, general partners that didn't have any sort of track record. And, um, and that, that stroke right into, uh, to me, because this is where we are today. Um, we're, you know, we're obviously as an asset manager per se, our business, you know, we've, we've been in business, we've done, you know, but, but we're focusing on fixed income stuff. And we're now trying to move in the in the PE and VC space, which is a completely uh, different beast. So we're now going through the growing pains or being an early GP in PE and VC space. And it was really great to hear that we we're not alone, and and that um, we can have a space and a voice in in Africa, uh, or through Africa. To try to get you know on support from whether you know from investors to uh, um, to other GPs you know more mature GPs so so that to me was probably the the biggest highlight of being at the conference. Um, I guess the second highlight was definitely being in person. You know we we were part of the because um, we've only been members for two years now. Well, yeah, this is going to be our second year. Um, and and last year when we participated it was still kind of weird, you know, doing the whole thing online. Um, so having to actually be able to shake people's hands and and um, it, it, it was great, you know, it, it felt more human. It felt, you know, we, I felt more embraced. Uh, and um, and and you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward for next year <laughs> um, conference. It's, it's definitely, you know, I, I, I highly recommend to anyone. Um, that is, you know, any, yeah, even early GPs or, 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 even early LPs, you know, anyone that wants to be in the space of investing, um, in Africa, uh, being part of, um, this community, um, the Africa community, it, it, you know, you, you're definitely not losing anything, um, quite the contrary. Uh, so, so yeah, it's definitely an A plus for me.
0: Thanks, Ruth. That was a great answer. And- very interesting because I feel like it's been a common theme um, from the feedback that we've been getting, where people have said a lot of challenges um, they've been facing. That they're realizing that other countries on the continent have been facing the same challenges, and now it'll be easier to find our uh, solutions together and and be able to collaborate moving forward. And also that PE and VC that they're people industries and um there's nothing really that compares to meeting people face to face that is
1: that is that is so right
0: (laughs) perfect thank you so much for joining us Rui
1: no thank you thank you for this call it's great i want to do this again
0: (laughs) (laughs) well we would love to have you back Thank you so much for listening to PE Talks Africa. If you enjoyed this episode, then be sure to follow us and watch out for our next episode. And I hope to see you back here very soon.